Where are all my friends? This episode is fucking about time that it's here. Mike Fishkin. Fish, my guy, my dearest friend. My brother, Mr. Andrew Cram. My brother. I, I love how this is how we're spending our eight-year anniversary. Is it a, it, it, we're right on it. We're Literally, right around. I think the day before yesterday. Was the, it? Because I texted you that, and then yeah. I saw you at the Pale Waves Five Seconds of Summer Show at Palladium in Little Luna. Yeah. And we're like, oh my God, we're going to see each other two days in a row for the first time in years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. We were joking about that. Dude, eight years. And I, I think what I want to do with this podcast is like, we've been friends for so long, but literally right as we were sitting down, you were telling me something about your show, Gone Fishkin. And I didn't even realize that you're like, yeah, dude, I edit all of it still. And I was yep. like, you fucking legend. <laughs> and I think like literally the theme of this entire podcast is I want to know how you're so goddamn chill all the time. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean by that is I fucking love your attitude. Like I, I you have a Zen to you where the reason why, like when you told me that you still edit your show, I was like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> is you're so easygoing. I never see you stress. Like, sure, you'll be like, oh, dude, this thing is bullshit. Like, I don't want to do it, whatever. Yeah. But you genuinely have this demeanor about you where you're just so happy to be here and you just vibe. And the reason why I'm always more and more impressed with it as I get to meet you or get to know you <laughs> and have me every time, yeah, 50 every first time <laughs> that I've known you for so long and I continuously learn it is like, there's more and more shit that I see you do. And you're so casual. You're like, yeah, I guess it is what it is. Yeah. So like when you're sitting down and you're like, yeah, I edit all of Gone Fishkin forever for, for as long as it's gone. It's 10 years. Yeah. It's um 20. I don't know. Camera. You could read the Roman numerals. I think it's, it's definitely 2013. <laughs> But it's like November. I can't tell if it's the 11th or the 9th. I uh, think it's the 11th, right? <laughs> no, I have no idea. I wait, looked it up when I got the tattoo. But this is the first date of God Fishkin. <laughs> wait. Okay, I'm going to try. I think that the if the I is there, I think that's 9. Or, okay, so maybe that is it, it's either... 11 it's is it 9 or 11 first do you uh, think it would have been it's 11 first okay so then if that's 11 so that's november 9th 2013 yeah 2013 all right let's go <laughs> let's go did you know that was that date out here no oh that's so funny i just i had to mix up uh, for a listener if you're not watching on youtube it's XI and then IX, and I mixed those up, but then Ms are thousands, so two Ms is 2,000, and then an X is a one, and then III is 13. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I never thought of doing that. Like, oh, I know this is November. Yeah. So this should be <laughs> I can't believe I never put that together. Oh, man, that's great. Yeah, so... Um, so since 2013... Yeah. Which you've been wild. doing that show. Dude, I don't know. It's just... it's something about you man just, <laughs> i appreciate that it's cool it's, it's really cool it's been a lot of fun um it's everything i've ever dreamt of honestly like i was a kid just listening to charlotte and i was like i want to do that yeah try doing that yeah i was not good at that yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so i've been making this joke recently because i'm finally like comfortable enough to yeah, make this what joke you got. it's um those who can't do teach those yeah. who can't teach teach gym obviously from either like 21 jump street or one of those movies yeah, yeah, yeah. and now sorry for everyone listening tour managers mm -hmm. those who can't play in a band or tour managers yeah. those who can't tour manage do a radio show <laughs> And 
I failed at all of them. Dude, that's so good though, because I couldn't play in a band and then I tour managed and then I stopped tour managing and now I have a podcast. (laughs) See? Oh, fuck. Dude, you're a wise man. Uh, Man of many words. Well, okay. So for the pod, I typically go back to the early days. And I, I, I think in all of this is I want I want to know how you tick fish. I want to know how you do all the things you do and stay so chill. <laughs> because I really think like along with your whole journey, like you've never really, I don't know, put too much significance into it. Like it's just like, oh, I wanted to do this. So I tried it and then yeah. I kept trying. But you grew up in Long Island, right? Yeah. And you were a genuine fan of like, call it the scene, like OG Warp Tour days and all that. Like that was your shit, right? I wouldn't call myself a genuine fan. I would call myself a lifer. Like you were in. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I still look back at those bands like, and I'm very fortunate enough that a lot of them I got to know over the years and they've taught me a lot of like wisdom from like what they messed up in the past versus how they're doing things. And a lot of them took me in as a mentor in a way and like under their wing, which I'm so grateful for. And being able, something I learned is like being able to trace back where something came from and knowing the history of it and the culture behind it is probably the most important thing. Fuck. See, this stuff like this, <laughs> because like you'll own it. You'll be like, oh, I was a fan, right? And oh, sometimes yeah. that can be frowned upon. Mm-hmm. But then you'll take that, you'll be so, you'll you'll own it. Mm-hmm. And then people will be like, oh, that's cool. And they'll take you under their wing. But then like you're never too cool for it. And you're always like, oh, my God, thank you for teaching me this. You're like, oh, my God. And then you come out of it with these crazy, insightful little nuggets <laughs> and you genuinely listen and learn. Yeah. And it, now here you are killing it. <laughs> hey, it, it's it been a really long road and I would never take anything for granted. But if I had to do it all over again, I'm tired just thinking about trying to do it all over again. Okay. But I think a lot of the stuff I learned um which is like a crazy thing to even say out loud. A lot of things I learned about like interviewing, how to talk to people came yeah. from like being around my dad and his friends all the time. Cause really, they were, yeah, they were all cops. So like they knew how to get answers out of people. <laughs> and like, it just naturally came to me from like talking to them, learning how they talk and like how chill they were about stuff that like sh- shit, they shouldn't be chill about. Yeah. And I'm like in the grand scheme of things, nothing should like works, work, life's life. Yeah, those two things shouldn't cross. And I remember my dad used to drive me to school every day. Uh, when my sister started going to the same school, she was scared to go on the bus. So I would be like, "Yeah, I'll take the free ride and not get bullied for listening to Good Charlotte. Let's go!" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so he would be on the phone all the time. This is before texting. Yeah. So literally, it was like a half hour ride to school. And like by the time he got home from work, I got home from school and stuff. I don't really want to do anything. And he would be tired, want to hang out with my mom or something. Like literally one of the best dads in the world. Like couldn't imagine a cooler dad. And he taught me a lot about music too. But what I learned is he was so locked in and connected with everyone, always checking in on everyone. So like genuine and cared. Like he was never like a chief or like a commander or anything like that. He was literally just a detective, which essentially is like one level above like a cop that just gets hired. Mm. But the way he treated people and the way he was so like interactive and knew everyone, he had the perks of being a chief. Mm. And I'm like, that's pretty sick. <laughs> like uh, being a kid, I was like driving around in the mayor's car before the mayor was in it. Like, because my dad was the one bringing it to the shop, getting the windows tinted, all the bulletproofing and everything. So I would just like be sitting in it, just be like, this is cool as shit. And yeah. I remember one time, like stupid story that has no significance to anything, but we were at a toll it. and this before easy pass was really popular. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 
he goes to like put the window down. He's like, oh shit, I can't put the window down. It's bulletproof it's glass. <laughs> and so we had to like open the door, throw the change into the thing. <laughs> but like I definitely learned a lot from him and his friends on how to like treat people, how to like go about things at work, like yeah. how to like network, just talk, just be a genuine person. That's yeah. honestly what it came down to. Yeah. And like, dude, like that, like that really is the thing is mm. I've just watched you for eight years now be so fucking genuine and I really admire it. So it's cool to hear that that's where it's come from. Like, yeah. I don't think we've ever talked about it like that. I think I recently put it together. Really? Because um, I'm dating one of my best friends in the world, like someone I love more than anything. Like, she's literally the best gift. Shout out Porter. She's currently so, on her first so tour, here uh, tour managing a couple artists, which is awesome for her. She's absolutely crushing it. But we don't get into fights at all. But like something she like tried to critique or didn't try. She did critique. <laughs> she <laughs> straight up went very, for my neck. It was like very this successful. Is the thing I am going to yes. come at you with. Yes. And I, I respect it because it's like totally valid. She's like, I would like some more like one on one time with you. And I'm like, we're together all the time. She's like, no, you're on the phone with people all day, every day. <laughs> and it triggered me to a conversation we had that I'll get back to. Okay. But I was like, yeah, but like, these are my friends and everyone, like I got to make sure everyone's good. Like if something comes in for work, if I don't answer it in 30 seconds, I'm a failure. Like yeah. people hit me up cause they know they're going to get an answer quick. And like, yeah. I can hit those people up in return. And like, they're always so chill. Yeah. So it's like, I do understand should probably pay more attention. But then she was like, Oh, you're not even listening when I talk. And then I recite the whole conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I hate you. How are you able to do that? <laughs> it's so crazy. But uh, it brought me back to a conversation we had January 2018. I remember it. 2017 or 2018. Okay. A little fuzzy on the year. Okay. You might have still been on my couch like from time to time. I mean, that's the era right yeah. around then. And I remember I was going through a rough patch. It was like one of my first like real, real rough patches in LA. And we're just walking down uh, the beach in Santa Monica, not even the boardwalk, literally on the beach, sand getting in our shoes, all this. And you're just like trying to figure out what's wrong because I don't even know what's wrong. And you're like, you see me on my phone a bunch. You're like, how many open text conversations do you have right now? And I counted like 85 for the day. Yeah. And you're like, I've talked to maybe 10 people today. <laughs> Whoa. And I just remember that conversation like, holy shit, I do talk to a lot of people all day, every day. Dude, I remember this. And then you took a picture of the skateboarders underneath the boardwalk. Yes, I remember that. Yep. And But I, I, to add to your story, that's crazy that that impacted you. Yeah. Because I asked you that because I felt overwhelmed. And I was like, I felt like whatever that number was, right? Mm -hmm. The ratio is that. I looking back at it, it had to have been. I, I hope it was more than 10 that I had <laughs> because I was stressed. But I had like a lot of people hitting me up, being like needing things, right? But I had this moment where I was like, I don't know, Fish is always talking to people. And I stopped and I asked you, and I was like, How many people have you talked to? And you had like eight times more than me. <laughs> and I was like, I need to chill. But it's funny that that hit you in that way because to me i took that as like wow this guy can like i i gotta chill like if he can multitask <laughs> at that level like i'm just being dramatic so that's funny that we both yeah, took something from that it was it was a real like oh wow like uh, oh wow moment because like you were a part of something i really looked up to like growing up in the scene like being a teenager um really looked towards a set it off guys oh, and yeah. like by default obviously you were the sixth member essentially yeah at the time yeah and you guys would always tour with a uh, patent pending who 
were the hometown heroes. So I would always look up to set it off dudes. And so everything you always would tell me, like the way Andrew and I met was he was the bunk underneath me on warp tour 2014. Yeah. And <laughs> since then, like you were able to like teach me everything. I remember you literally holding my hand through that first warp tour. Oh man. Convincing so me fun. the first day of the second warp tour I was on in Pomona. I remember I had just walked a mile to set it off bus and was literally crying in the back saying, I don't want to be on this tour right now. And you go like, fish, you're on it for five days. <laughs> Like you're odd for five days dude that sounds like a moment that we would have had <laughs> i even though like going back to that 2014 time i just i remember you uh like so you were just so genuine like you were so like i could tell that it was a moment where you're like oh my fucking god oh my fucking god but like you weren't weird about it you yeah. were just stoked to be there but that it's it's always weird to hear you say things like that because i'm like oh that's crazy i didn't think about that <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, you were so huge in my life when I came out here. So oh, I love that it all paid off for everyone. Right. Yeah. yeah. So like that first warp tour, like uh, meeting you, that was the first time I really interviewed bands that weren't local bands. Mm -hmm. So I'd been doing my show for less than a year at that time. Started in November. Warp tour was in June. And so I go on warp tour and like my first interview is the main second yeah. interview is Bayside on Kevin's bus. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I do a radio show. <laughs> yeah. You had like, to you had to gain that confidence real quick. Yeah, it took a while. I'm not gonna lie. Like probably wasn't until like late 2019 I really had the confidence that I could confirm I do have today, but like took a lot. Yeah. But every bit of that in that journey, I feel like you were just so honest about that come up or like that, oh, yeah. you know. Like maybe you're saying that now looking back, mm -hmm. but I mean, shoot, I'd jump onto Adobe shows <laughs> around that time. And it was always the same fish. Like it was always you and you were always so friendly and so rad. And like, it was still that same feeling. So that's interesting to hear you say it on that side. Yeah. It's, um, it was cool. Cause like, I always find comfort in talking behind a microphone. Like right now I'll be honest, like I don't like being on camera. Like really something I'm trying to work on this year is liking to be on camera. Oh, weird. but yeah, no, like definitely working up confidence was super hard and just like trying to cope with it in different ways. Like, all right, every band could relate to this. And I grew up around all these bands when I'm like 16 local bands. It's like, oh, you're scared. Why don't you have a drink? Yeah. Oh, you're still scared. Take another two drinks. Yeah. <laughs> so like the first time I did my show, like it wasn't like an alcoholic situation. Like it was not a bad thing. It's like literally I was 21 years old when I got my show. Yeah. The first time I was able to do my, sh not able or had to do my show completely sober. I had like a fever and I was on antibiotics and literally couldn't drink. I'm like, oh shit, I could do this sober. This is sick. Whoa, yeah. crazy. And like kind of since then, I've never really drank on the show, like during it or anything, unless it's like a celebration or something. But yeah. That was like a, as dumb as that sound, that was a really big feat to come yeah. over. Cause previously before that I was on college radio mm. and I did one gone fishkin on there and yeah. the program director hated it. Really? Yeah. And I got the Adobe job the next week. Well, this is perfect. Cause I was going to ask you like, where did, did you know that you wanted to do a radio show or I know you had played in bands and you mm -hmm. had like, obviously like looked up to a lot of bands in like the warp tour world patent pending so for a minute, you were playing in bands trying to do your own band thing. Yeah. Like, then did you have like a moment where you're like, yo, never mind, radio show? Or what did that look like? So the whole trajectory of it is like, like when I say I played in bands, it was like there was a handful of times I like played like practices in high school in a basement 
uh-huh. one band that actually played two shows before I got kicked out. Okay. And then like just like going around doing merch for people. And by doing okay. merch, like I'd sold maybe five to six t-shirts in like the 20 plus shows I did. Oh, and wow. I was just literally using it to get into shows for free at like Crazy Donkey, Vibe Lounge and all those venues. So like Long Island, all yeah. the like iconic venues there. Exactly. Yeah. And like some New Jersey venues, some Connecticut venues, like eventually like went on like a four day New England tour or something. Okay. So like Northeast yeah. region. Yeah. Strictly Northeast region at most. And so I was just like trying to find my lane. I remember I... I Got into this is gonna sound real stupid, but uh, graduated high school and my favorite band, Envy on the Coast, announced they were breaking up as I was graduating high school at the time. And I'm like, this sucks. Actually, I remember the moment I heard that. Okay, I'm gonna sell out Anthony real quick. Shout out Anthony, he's yep. killing it. I don't know how, but they found me now. Oh, sick, yeah, yeah, yeah. longtime friend, literally my brother. He picked me up from school before I had my license, drove me home, and he's like, Yo, I was at a barbecue and I heard Envy's break it up, and I was like, that was like the first time I had musical heartbreak. Whoa. Like in 03 when Blink announced their first hiatus, I was like, I was in seventh grade. So yeah. it's like, wasn't as, but I'm like, I've invested so much time <laughs> seeing my favorite band talking about them and they're just going to call it a quits. Yeah. So fast forward three months later, four months later, I'm like kind of over. Good Charlotte announced they're going to hiatus. I'm like, music sucks. <laughs> but like, I'm like, blows, man, taking blows. Yeah. I'm like, damn. So like I'm still doing that thing, and I had met Guns when I was in high school. Um, oh, okay. Because Envy was on his show and posted about it on MySpace, oh, and wow. they were like, "Yo, tune into Adobe Radio." That's the first time I tuned into Adobe, the radio side of it. And Guns was like, "Hit me up on AIM." So I hit him up on AIM, and I started requesting songs. He's like, "Wait, do you have these songs?" I'm like, "Yeah, I've ripped them." Online. Yeah, yeah. By the way. Every band I've promoted, I really hope that I have made up all the music I've stolen from you throughout the years. <laughs> At this point, you get the absolute honorary pass. Yeah, all for all forgiven. music pirating. You have done so much for the community <laughs> and general scene of music. You just get a pass. Yeah, I'd, I'd hope so. So I started like producing his show out of my bedroom. So every Wednesday and Sunday during high school, my friends would be like, yo, why aren't you coming out? Like the two friends I had, <laughs> all two of them. Yeah, sure. And I'm like, yo, I'm producing this show, like helping out. They're like, why? It's never going to, you're, you're not getting paid. You're, this is never going to work out. I'm like, we're 15 years old. None of us get paid yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for anything we do. It's pretty early for you to shit on my dreams, 15 year old fellow. Yeah, yeah. So it was like really cool. Like Guns had me come in, film an interview with Mariana's Trench, had me film oh, like go radio, performing acoustic, oh. an interview with the used by film. I mean, I was literally standing there with my iPhone like this. Right. right. <laughs> But I learned a lot from him throughout the years. And I was in college at the time, like really down on myself from all that stuff I was telling you about uh, right before. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like I wanted to be on the road, but I didn't know what I could do on the road. Like I tried guitar technique. I did it one show, tuned everyone's guitar wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) And the samples did not match at all. Oh, fuck. And never did that again. Nope. Merch, I was like, I can't count. I don't can't, can't fold shirts over <laughs> two. Yeah. My parents are like, you have to become a cop or we're disowning you. Holy shit. So me being the wise ass that I am, I go on casting networks and find two fucking uh, extra jobs as being a cop. And I'm like, I was a cop. And I was a cop in a Spanish soap opera and a cop in a music video and I got to wear my dad's uniform at the music video. Tell me that footage exists. Somewhere. Oh, it does. Oh my God. So I got to do that and I was like, ha became a cop guys. So I'm failing this one class 
I think it was my second semester. It was uh, whatever the study of the stars is that isn't the hippie LA shit, um, mm. astronomy or astrology. I forget which one it is. Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't tell yeah, you. Yeah, right. <laughs> Nine or eleven? We don't know. Yeah, one of those. <laughs> so, You're studying the the stuff up there. Yeah. So uh, the teacher, I was failing pretty hard, and the teacher was like, "Hey, does anyone want to ro- uh, start a rock show on the campus station?" And I was like, "This guy." <laughs> I'm like, oh, I can promote my favorite bands and get brownie points. Let's go. Wow. So I remember we went to the Nassau County Community College, little bomb shelter bullshit of a radio station. It is. Well, it's a really nice studio, but it looks like a bomb shelter from the outside. Yeah. And Most like everything in that area does. Yeah. But. Like literally it's a military, like used <laughs> to be a military base. And I think they still actually have military there. So crazy. It was like down like six <laughs> stairs and all this, whatever. I do like five or six with them. And I've probably said a total of 15 words in those five or six episodes. And they're like, Hey, you're good enough to start your own show on the station. It's called retro mix. And you have to play music strictly from the, 1920s to the 1990s and it's the songs we tell you about you have to research them all what the fuck i was like all right cool so well, all right i was like whatever yeah. yeah i was on at five in the morning on am radio yeah no way yeah sometimes four in the morning no way and i would have to record my show to floppy disk this was before like audition or anything no yeah. way. not cd floppy disk floppy disk bro i feel like that's not even dating you of how old you are i think that that's just they were that behind the times there's yeah. no way like the, the math of years doesn't add up they there. literally had someone switching out the floppy disk per show jesus and i'm like oh okay and I, I'll, I'll never forget this you'll really appreciate this please i, I was like i want to give giants at large a shot Let's and put them go. on the radio play them at 45 minutes into my hour-long show yeah they say shit in a song uh-huh can't edit it had to redo the whole show because of that one shit no way <laughs> yeah as if someone at four in the morning on am radio is like i heard shit well, if the FCC hears it, you get fined like 20 grand or something. Oh, God. Yeah, it's like a really hefty fine. Oh, no. Yeah, so um, <laughs> like I'm talking to a program director every day after doing my show and like after I assume he listens and I'm like wearing the same like black skinny jeans except they were like from Hot Topic at the time because they were the cheapest. Yep. And also most comfortable. Yeah. I have to do say that. Wow, yeah, there was. Wow, you just unlocked <laughs> yeah. in my brain. Shout I was just out, thinking about that. Those are shout nice. Shout out Hot Topic skinny jeans. There was a time. What was that? It was, they were like 20 bucks. Yeah, they were nice too. They were good. But I was wearing black skinny jeans as everyone was. And I remember he sounded like Jameson from uh, Spider-Man. Oh my God. He was like, you got to stop wearing those black skinny jeans and playing metal music on the campus station. I'm like, bro, I'm playing fucking stereo skyline and all time low. Like, oh I'm not playing God, metal music. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Incredible. And I'm like, I went for like a pop song into like the mamas and papas. <laughs> That's so wild. But I didn't realize like how old you're like probably 15, 16, you said? At this time I'm in college. So oh, okay, I'm like 18, okay. 19. You've really been committed to the craft for some amount of time. And I never wanted to do it, which was the funny <laughs> part. So <laughs> I'm doing the show on the campus station and I'm like, okay, cool. I have on air experience. I've helped guns out. And uh, I timeline of this kind of uh, gets a little messy for me, but I do know it was March, 2013. I went down to silver Springs, Maryland to Adobe's first uh, festival. They did Adobe meltdown mm-hmm. the front bottoms play like so now, now played like it wasn't stacked. I think Circa was a headliner. Mm. And I meet everyone at Adobe for the first time. And I love telling mm. this story because Guns had a few friends crash in the room of his. And I was only 20 and I had a fake ID. Mm. And so all of them think I'm like Guns' roommate and probably like 25, 26 years old. Mm-hmm. 
not at all. And so I go to these girls. I'm like, hey, you guys crash in the room and I had to sleep on the floor. Can you go buy me a bottle of Jack I could bring into the venue? And I have an all access pass. I put it in my bag, walk right in with a bottle of Jack. I'm in the room. Adobe's doing a bunch of interviews. Eddie, shout out Eddie. That's the first time I meet him, who's Adobe's program director. Shout out Eddie. And we just like, sorry for selling you out, Eddie. Um, we split a bottle of Jack. <laughs> Let's go. It's not like he knew. <laughs> yeah. And like, we're just talking and BSing. And like towards the end of the night, he goes, keep in touch. All right. And I don't think anything of it at the time. I'm just drunk, having a great time. Yeah. And I remember I keep drinking and I go to a hotel to go to bed and I see Tom in the lobby. I do be Tom. Wow. One of the greatest people who has changed my life completely. Yeah. Shout um, out. Tom. Shout out to That's Tom. That's crazy. I didn't realize like, so many of the OGs of Adobe are literal OGs. Like, yeah, been, yeah, that's sick. Okay, so, so you see Tom. So I see Tom, and that's the first time I met Tom. I've heard his name, and he's like a wizard to me. Like yeah. he's the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I want to do a show on Adobe Radio. He's like, all right, cool. Pitch me your idea. I go, I want to play everything from Billy Joel to One Direction. He goes, that's the worst pitch I've ever heard. I go, thank you so much for this weekend. I go to give him a hug while he's sitting on his chair and fall on him. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> so so I filled in for guns in September and a couple of times. And that's also when I did the gone fishkin on the college radio station. I love the transition. Like I'm, I'm watching the story in my head and I see the fall and I see Tom and Eddie being like, we need someone to fill in for guns. And they're sitting there and like the guy that fell on you. Yeah, that's exactly. the one. <laughs> so guns is like, I don't know, maybe you can fill it on me. Hit up Tom on aim. That's great. That's <laughs> so fucking I great. Do, and I'm on the phone with Eddie for like, hours he's teaching me how to use a server have to find an yeah. old dell of my sisters because the old stuff only used to run on pc oh yeah and i filled in for guns twice and eddie was like hey do you want to do your own show wow so i took that as i'm telling every one of my college professors that i am doing a radio show and i cannot attend my last semester of classes amazing so i do a handful of gone fishkins um the first one was on a tuesday night i remember that it was like tuesday at seven like really at the time, not great time slot. Now it's like a pretty popping time slot. Kind of yeah, wish yeah. I had that back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then they moved me to either Friday or Saturday for a little bit, yeah. like at eight p.m. And then I was able to just kind of go as long as I wanted. And they gave me free reign of whatever I did. They told me the three wow. phrases I cannot say on air. Yep. And then everything, everything else? else free reign. Like dang, so Billy Joel to One Direction, One and, Direction, and I essentially did end up playing Billy Joel to One Direction. Yeah. So, wow. So it was really cool how that came up. I didn't even have a phone line or mm. anything to do interviews. And I was literally just calling friends on Long Island to come to my mom's house, my yeah. mom and dad's house, and do these interviews. Like my first show I ever did, this yeah. band was on for maybe 10 to 15 minutes on air. Yeah. But there were six dudes sitting on my bed behind me the whole time I'm doing this with one microphone. <laughs> Holy shit. Dude, I didn't have a mixing board until like five months into my show. Wow. Yeah, when I got a phone line. Oh my God. So what did you record into when you were like the very beginning? Literally straight into the computer and yeah. only live. No pre-recorded interviews yeah. unless I was on site doing them. Wow. Which was very rare at the time. Yeah. And I have a phone line and a mixing board for a solid two months. They're like, hey, do you want to go on Warped Tour? Insane. <laughs> and I'm like, I've interviewed Mest and that's the only not local band I've interviewed. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. What do you like? There, though, I think this is a, a, a perfect example of the fish that I admire so much. I feel like at that time, somebody could overthink it. Somebody mm. could have imposter syndrome. Somebody could be like, I don't know, that's a lot. 
but you're like, fuck yeah, let's go. It was a lot of different things. Like I didn't talk about this. Like I very slightly casually mentioned about the acting stuff. Like when I was a kid, I was a model like, um, let's go from like probably like two to five or something. If that long, I have, I have the cover hanging up in my apartment of one of the shoots, but I like quit it after three days. And then like, as I got older, my mom was telling me how much money I was making per hour per shoot. And I was like, why didn't you make me keep doing that? That's <laughs> fucking crazy. My little sister, Amanda, got into acting and modeling. Like we heard some ad on like Z100 or some shit. Yeah. It was like, do you want to be like Hannah Montana? Do you want to be on the Disney Channel? Come in to audition. That's so Long Island. Yeah. I don't know why, but that's just <laughs> so Long Island. So uh, me, my sister, Amanda and Faith all went in and they only wanted my sister, Amanda and something I learned from my dad, how to negotiate, delegate. Okay, cool. If you want our money for one kid, you have to take our money for all three kids or you're not getting the one for your school. Huh. And then all three of us went. <laughs> wow. So we like did acting school and everything. And I like did a acting competition in Vegas. And then I had a manager at the time who was pushing me to do stand up, which is something I do want to get into now. Sick. Had I done that when I was 16, things could be a little bit different. Yep. But I had no confidence at 16. So it's all good. Maybe it might help build confidence, but like she wouldn't send me out on auditions because I wouldn't do that. Mm. And I knew that after like she sent me out on a bunch of auditions, I got a bunch of callbacks and stuff. And then it just stopped when I stopped listening to what she wanted me to do versus what I wanted my career to look like. Okay. Because I was always like, I could play guitar. I want to be an extra playing guitar or mm. like cast it as a guitar boy or I'm yeah. big and strong looking to the outside. Yeah. Book me as a football boy. Like yeah. I'm kind of funny. And no, yeah. nothing. So on my 18th birthday, my contract with her expired because of the law. When you sign a contract, when you're under 18, which your parents, yeah. it expires when you're 18, no matter what. Yeah. And it's like a couple of weeks after I sent myself out on my first casting network thing and booked it as an A&E show. Um, as a pilot, I played an attempted murderer on the show called I Love You to Death. So I kind of got the feel for like entertainment. Like I saw the people who were extras and like we'd be an extra and I was just so grateful to be on set, like so starry eyed, like there was no stars there. It was literally like a Nike commercial that they were filming B-roll for. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'd be sitting in a, like a high school in Brooklyn or something, but I was around a production and I was just so happy mm -hmm. and I'm getting paid to literally sit there and do nothing mm -hmm. and get fed. And then I would see the people there that were like, oh, this shit sucks. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, why'd you sign up then? So I was like, I am never going to be that old jaded person. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be grateful for any opportunity people give me. You are a fucking blessing. <laughs> My guy. It, like, yeah, for like all those experiences, like being in high school, not getting invited to parties. I was like, I was never trying to get invited to parties. Yeah. Like, I could have very well just, I don't, I don't know the correct term to say in 2022, but like, I didn't suck anyone off to be friends with them. I they, don't know the correct <laughs> term. That'll do. Yeah, that's great. Maybe you could add that. I don't know. No, like, run it. It was like, I was just never sucking up to anyone. It was like, yeah. if you wanted to be my friend for what I was and who I was, then cool. If not, I'm not trying to impress you. Like, here are the things I like. Mm -hmm. Here are the things I don't like. Here are the things I will not sell out my moral beliefs for. I'll sell out like, I'll sell out, but I won't mm. sell out my moral beliefs. I just, oh God, this again is the thing. Like, <laughs> you have such strong integrity and you have these great values, but you don't, like, it takes so much for me for you to, like, to get you to talk about that because you're just so gosh darn casual. Yeah. Like, I you're try. just like, yeah, cool, whatever. But, like, 
then I have to pry to find these times in your life where like, oh, I've seen the bad. I just don't want to be that person. Yeah. And I've seen like, I mean, the music industry can be so political and so Mm -hmm. shitty. And you've like, I mean, truly like started at the bottom and just worked your way up. I'm sure you've had people big time you left and right and be way too cool for you. So many times. You know, you talk about being the kid that wasn't invited to the parties. Like, how do you have no chips on your shoulder? How are you Um, still this nice? I'll be very honest and very open. Like, it depends on who you ask when it comes to that situation. Okay. Because like, if you treated me with respect, I'll treat you with respect. Mm. If you treated me like shit, Mm. I'll... I won't go out of my way to be a dick because that's yeah. just not me. Yeah. But I will stop at, hey, what's up? Okay. If that okay. makes sense. So like you have a good, you're not a pushover there. Yeah. It's just you have a good memory of who was nice to you and who wasn't. Exactly. And it's like, I, I it's like I'm not, I'm not the kind of guy who's like, they're out to get me. Yeah. Because no one's out to get you except yourself. God, dude, how? <laughs> how do you, how are you this wise? It's, it's all a mind game. It, I've, I don't know why this is another thing that's come up like five, six times in the last week has been me talking about whenever I get interviewed, the handful of times I have been, they've always mm-hmm. asked if you had any advice for someone in music who wants to get into it and do something you want that you do, mm-hmm. what would you tell them? Mm-hmm. And I tell them, watch Entourage from front to back, okay. watch, get them to the Greek yeah, and watch Bojack Horseman season one. <laughs> And you will literally be set for life. (laughs) God, like, I mean, honestly true. (laughs) And so like the mind fucking in Get Him to the Greek, Mm -hmm. that is the most important scene in music history, in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah. But like, oh man, I I just, I really admire it about you because I think like for myself, I can almost be too self-aware to a fault where like I'll overanalyze everything. And it's Mm. like, I'll see the surface level of it. And then I'm like, yeah, but what if we think about this intricacy and this intricacy and we do this, this and this. And like, I think that you just have this perfect balance (laughs) of like, you're not simple. You're not dumb. You're not like, uh, 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 uh. but like you also do a very good job finding something and being like, cool, that is what it is. Seems good. Like, got this advice, learned this, found this thing, watched Bojack. Yeah, that. Get him to the Greek advice there, entourage there, watched my dad do all this. And then it just stays there. You don't need to add more to it. You don't need to overanalyze. Exactly. You don't take it personally. Like, what a great balance, my guy. So a lot of my life, believe it or not, like even to this day, I'm the quiet guy in the room. Mm -hmm. Like you could confirm if it's not like a party setting or something, I'm very quiet to myself for the most part on my phone or unless i'm like super comfortable with someone i won't really open up at first yeah takes like 30 seconds cooling period yeah 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 i guess you will kind of read the room you'll dip a toe in the pool exactly so i'm just constantly absorbing everything everyone's saying and just like trying to analyze it in my mind of how i would apply it to myself as outward advice if that makes sense Mm. or inward advice advice nonetheless but so it's like there's people like I've produced their podcasts and stuff mm-hmm. and like help them out. And I would literally listen to their word because it's gold mm. and just learn so much from them. Like I don't really listen to many podcasts. I've listened to your show what has been my top on uh, Spotify for the last three years, by the way, because I've listened to like three episodes a year. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't, it doesn't take much. Yeah. <laughs> it's because I don't want to subconsciously take anyone's style or talking points. Yeah. Like if I was a musician, I probably wouldn't listen to music in the same genre as me. 
So I don't want to like accidentally do that. So it's literally having one-on-one conversations with people where if I'm being quiet, most of the time I'm just absorbing and trying to learn from it. And I don't need to say something. It's like, you're saying everything I need to know. (laughs) My guy, (laughs) my guy, just dropping fucking casual bombs. You gotta. I love it. Okay. I have more questions for you. I like, legitimately, like, this is my time. Like I get all of my fish <laughs> things that I've observed. I'm pressing you. You're really, really, really great at networking. Is that an accident? Do you know what you're doing? Do you get it? No. If I'm being completely honest with you and honest with the camera, honest with the laptop, the microphone, everyone listening. What about the XLR cable? And the, and the XLR cable and the preamp that turns the gain up that Andrew just taught me about. Yeah, one time for fat heads. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um honestly, like I just I used to. I don't not as much anymore. Like I just loved being out. Like mm-hmm. if there was someone there, I would love to take a shot with them. If there's yeah. someone there, I would love to pass them a joint. Like yeah. I just love the idea of everyone kind of being included in a setting where everyone's like together. Like yeah. I've been very fortunate that I've been able to throw a party called Fishmas. Uh, or the Fishman Spectacular, full name. Yeah, the Fishman Spectacular. Let's give it some respect. Yeah, let's show it some respect. (laughs) Fishman Spectacular. Uh, Where I throw a party and I just text every friend of mine. Mm -hmm. In 2018, there were 600 people who showed up to Madame Syab. The year after that, 2019, right? 2019, um, 400 people showed up because I tightened the list. I was like, guys, you really can't just let anyone who thinks... (laughs) they're coming to the party come in like this is like closed (laughs) yeah you're like please yeah some amount of friendship and then last year like probably about i think we uh clocked like 400 people at bardot i was looking around the room i'm like why the fuck has this person and this person never been in the same room together that makes no sense to me i'm with both of them so much Mm. but never together Mm. and my party is like that i love the fact that people meet each other networking happens i don't like calling it network friendships happen Mm -hmm. and people just get to know each other because we're essentially all working towards the same thing Mm -hmm. i'm gonna hit you with this analogy please maybe some of us are making compound chicken maybe some of us are making fajitas what is it's chicken and veggies same thing so underneath it all, it's all the same thing. We're all working towards the same thing. Why can't people just get together and make make it even doper? Can this be your promo clip? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that's good. Yeah. So like, there has I I don't I can't name them off the top of my head. Like there has been a couple shows that have happened because people have met at Fishmas. Some songs that have come out because of people have met at Fishmas. And yeah. like in the grand scheme of things, to people outside of LA and outside of my immediate friend group, mm. Fishmas is probably meaningless. But to me and the friend group is like very cool that I could get that many people together and mm. just have them all in the same room. I've been very fortunate. Uh, Jordan from the Ready Set. Which is his legal last name from the Ready Set? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Let's look it up. <laughs> yeah, he he's played every year in some capacity. Like yeah. he's played in three different bands. He's done the Ready Set twice. Always headlines. Like we're talking about it for this year. He's going to headline again. Yeah, and just having, like you were saying about how I stay so chill about things and mm-hmm. how I'm able to present myself. It's honestly from the support system I have. Like I could hit up anyone like in my friend group, and I know they'll answer with the advice that I need. Yeah, like if I'm acting a jackass, I'll be like fish you're a jackass yeah yeah shout out nikki c who tells me that every day (laughs) it's just it's wild right like i i look i think about i just went to your birthday party and i you know we always joke about how like i'm not like nightlife guy and i don't go out and i went out and 
I just think that a lot of people in Los Angeles like to think that, like, I know everyone or like, you know, this mm-hmm. person, like they owe me a favor, this, that, and this. And then, you know, just like, I'm so plugged in. And it like, I really, it, it, it hit me of there, somebody would have to try really fucking hard to get the amount of people that you got to come out, to come out to a thing. Yeah. And that is now at a place of just genuine goodwill and love for you. And I'm thinking about that. And it's like, I think a lot of people would work really hard and it would feel very contrived to mm. get to that spot. And I like, because you stay so chill, like, I just, I wonder, like, do you know how valuable that is? Do you know, like, was that, was that like the, I'm going to move to LA and I'm going to get really good at like becoming in this social circle and building my own? Or was it genuinely just like your love for connecting people and becoming friends with people that you wanted to become friends with. Cause I, I feel that more and more with you, but I'm yeah. curious how you see it. Um, it was literally just from a love for it. Everything I've done in my career that I'm so fortunate to have, I'll never take for granted. Knock on wood. Um, like I've been so blessed. Like I've said, I've been blessed like 50 times this episode, but you mean but, it. Yeah. I'm it's, very genuinely yeah. like, feel that way. It's all by accident. Like I didn't have a master plan. Like when I was in first grade, I wanted to be a fucking astronaut. <laughs> By the time I was in third grade, I wanted to play for the Mets. By the time I was in fifth grade, I wanted to be the bat boy. Like, <laughs> and then like right after I realized, well, there's no Batman. There's a time end to this. There is a Batman, my guy. It's just a very, very different, different Batman. <laughs> and I'm like, no, mom and dad, I won't become Batman. <laughs> But um, that's when I like started listening to like pop punk and like when I heard the anthem, I got a guitar, all that stuff. And I just take every day like as a blessing with all of it. And I'm very fortunate that everyone has come on the show that has come on the show like today. Like this is pr- this is probably airing in a little bit. But um, today I, I hit up Andrew Goldstein. He has a song coming out under friend called Problem with Said the Sky, Lil Aaron and Zach Hood. Yeah. And Goldstein is a very important person in my life. Like I've met him when i was 18 and he was like the first dude in a band i looked up to at the time to be so chill to me yeah like he definitely doesn't remember it he like came up to me as i was doing merch it'd be like hey man i'm andrew very nice to meet you and i was like people could be nice and cool there's no god complex yeah so um he was putting it out and he's been doing this awesome tiktok bit where he's like my label won't let me put this out until and like he's (laughs) independent like yeah 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 or doing his own thing. Obviously, the label's not holding his song hostage. Yeah, he can do whatever he yeah. wants. Yeah. And I was like, yo, I think a great finale would be if you did this. And I pitched him this idea about coming into Adobe, taking over the station for Saturday and filming TikTok content and like had this whole idea. You come in through the door, we get you on the security camera and like yeah. piece it together like that. And like we pulled it off and it'll it'll drop with the song, the actual video. Yeah. But I was like, this is so cool that Andrew Goldstein was willing to take an idea I had about his music and his videos and he took it seriously. And I'm like, I don't think he'll ever know how much that means to me. And like, yeah. I was just chilling with him and like, it's just the dopest dude. And I was like, dude, this is so cool. I didn't say it to him, but I'm like, this is so fucking cool. I'm texting Porter on the side, but like, this is so fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. God, it, like, but it's that, like, I guess I just, I see that and I, I get it a little bit more now. Like where yeah. you just like, you're legit just stoked to be here. Yeah, dude. Like, it's so cool going to a show and people coming up to me and saying what up to me It's cool. Like, like not to sound cocky or whatever, but like going to a show and like going into the crowd and whatever, it's like, okay, cool. Like I get to be in the show. I have terrible crowd anxiety. Yeah. Like social anxiety to the max. Yeah. But, um, I could go up 
stairs to the VIP and literally everyone's there that I want to say what up to slash yeah. saying what up to me. And I'm like, what did I do to deserve this? Like I was just a kid who like pop punk and like talking. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so crazy to me to think that that's turned into being people thinking I'm like incredible at networking or like good at bringing people together. Cause like, all an accident you're like you're like literally like you're like guys you don't understand this is the simplest shit ever i just like this music and i go to it yeah i talked i hit up the people that i like and that happened like that's basically what i'm hearing and a lot of my friends like (laughs) a big part of our friendship is what they teach me too Mm. it's like okay cool like a lot of my friends i look at as mentors i don't tell them that but like i take their word like gold and like Mm. it's helped me so much like having that support system So like call my mom every day. And a few weeks ago, I'm like, mom, I've just been so run down and tired, but I feel like I'm not doing that much right mm. now. She's like, you are, you call me every morning and tell me everything you have to do during your day. Mm. And then tell me everything you didn't tell me you had to do that you did the night before. Mm. So yeah, it makes sense. You're tired. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I never thought of it like that. Yeah. Well, okay. This, this then makes me think of another question is, a lot of times you'll meet people, doesn't have to be LA, just in young adult life, mm-hmm. and they'll really fucking tell you how busy they are. That's like their personality trait is telling you how much they do and how busy, right? Yeah. Like it's like, oh, you'll never believe all the stuff I did. You do do a lot. But mm-hmm. again, like right before we're sitting down, you're telling me, you're like, oh, yeah, I still edit every fish, uh, every gone fish skin and every piece of. Uh, fish adobe media yeah minus video I'm, shout out to nick and tommy okay okay yeah, cool. yeah, shout yeah. out shout out um i'm curious though with that i think and because like you stay pretty busy you do mm-hmm. yet you kind of just do it all with a smile and like you don't gotta let the world know like yeah I, I i would assume actually that even being a close friend of yours there's a lot that you do that you just do like you just keep your head down and do yeah like Adobe stuff, it's I've been there for 10 going on. Actually, I've been working for Adobe literally half my life under yeah. guns, like for those first few years and yeah, stuff. Fucking crazy. But it's so second nature to me doing it at this point that I feel wrong if I don't do it, if that makes sense. Uh huh. Uh huh. So I always think back to being 16 years old, summer being 16 years old. I was working at Staples and I was so hyped for summer vacation that yeah. year. And I spent all summer stocking for back to school. So it didn't feel like a summer. Oh. And then I worked at Zoomies. Oh. And like luckily that's where like my I worked at Barnes and Noble. Like Tight. that's where like my real jobs kind of end. Like fortunately, that were yeah. like odd jobs to kind of get me through college. Yeah. But I think about it, I'm like, I could be editing my podcast, uh podcast version of my show by myself, or I could be stocking back to school stuff at Staples. Yeah. I'd rather be editing my show by myself than working at Staples again, wearing that red polo shirt. Yeah, yeah. And a name tag that says Mike. Don't call me Mike. (laughs) (laughs) So like, it's again, just like your genuine appreciation for like, you know what life could be. And Mm -hmm. you're like, this is great. It's a lot of work, but it's work that I'd rather be doing. Yeah. And during the pandemic, it like kind of really hit me in a weird way Mm. because Leading up to the pandemic, I'd probably DJed at On The Rocks every weekend except for three from October till March. Yeah. And it was like a constant party. Yeah. Like anywhere I'd go, like 
oh, you're the guy who likes to party, blah, 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 blah. Right. And like, I've never done real drugs before. Yeah. Like, you're, anything you're illegal. Much, yeah, you'll just hang out and smoke some weed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. that's like the most I'll do. Like, now yeah. I'll have like an old-fashioned with dinner or a margarita <laughs> yeah, with dinner yeah. at most. But like, it's not like I'm chugging 12 white, white claws a night anymore. Yeah. But it was just like, go, 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 go. And then the, it stopped. Literally, I, I remember this night or I remember this morning so distinctly. I was doing laundry when I called Medford, mm-hmm. who uh, was a GM and on the rock or is a GM, but also was mm. and still is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, yo, are we good for tonight? It was March 13th. Oh, my God. He's like, I think we should be good. No one said anything else. Blah, 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 blah. And I was supposed to DJ with Rebecca Black, go back to back with her uh, on Friday the 13th. Uh, like just the whole situation is just so cool to say. And 20 minutes later, I got a text. Hey, we're close indefinitely. And I was just like, oh, this is serious. Yeah. And everything about me was going out. Like right. I would say that was a personality trait of mine was that I was out. Yeah, like you six, were seven nights a week. You really were a social like, guy. And it wasn't it. wasn't like one thing a night. It'd be like two to three things every single night when Ubers would only take two minutes and be affordable. <laughs> and, <laughs> and like I would hit every event. If I got hit up to go to an event, I would go to it. Because yeah. in my mind, and still in my mind, now it just makes me feel guilty. If someone had the time to hit me up, I have the time to go there. Wow. But now I don't have the time to go there, unfortunately, or uh-huh. the willingness uh-huh. with Uber and everything in the world yeah but like i enjoyed like the first week or two like i was kind of going crazy but like learned to accept it doing we we all learned how to do our show from our apartment again like literally just went back to basics and like nothing was going on and Mm -hmm. then like i was on zoom happy hours with my friends every night i'm like oh this is like we're hanging out but we're not hanging out but whatever blah 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 blah. Mm -hmm. and so like i learned to like there were times i was anxious but then there was times I got a dog three months, three weeks into it. Big week three. Shout out to Biggie. And it was one of those things where I'm like, I love this boy. I don't want to leave my house. Aww. And so like I was still doing the show, obviously. Like I started doing two shows a week because I was just agreeing to so many interviews. Cause I'm like, this sounds dope. Yeah. So um just hanging out with Biggie, like running Adobe's thing. My another part of my job at Adobe is that I book all the sessions we do. Mm. Can't do sessions during COVID. Mm. So Eddie. Uh, comes up with an idea of having people play on our Instagram live mm. and teaches me how to like capture the audio from my computer on Instagram to broadcast it. Yeah. Dude, I booked 60 bands between March and June Dude. on our Instagram live. So every day at two, yeah. I would just sit there, hit go out air and yeah. mimic the Instagram sound. Okay. That like what you just said there though. So you book 60 bands, yep. you do all of the, the production of, of booking the bands and all of that. Yeah. Like, there's a lot here. There's a lot of like a, a professional skill mm-hmm. of planning and coordinating and keeping all of these logistics together that feels like you do it so casually that you just say it in passing. I Does do. that ever like, do you ever stop? Like, do you ever ever have moments alone as fish where you're just like, how the fuck do I do this? Or like, you know, like I never hear you <laughs> complain about these things. So like I stop and I'm like, I didn't know you did that. Like you just, you're so casual about taking these things on. Like I said before, like about learning from so many friends, like I learned so much from Medford on how to be um, like the hospitality aspect of things. And also from Emo Night, I've been working for Emo Night now. TJ Morgan, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the first time I like helped out in the capacity I do now with emceeing and helping everyone DJ, it's probably early 2018. 
I feel like that's around yeah, that time. 18 or 90. I, I think you brought me to my first emo night. I did. Yeah. That August emo night that yeah, Jake Miller. Of yeah, us, right? Jake yeah. Miller DJed it because Scoot was there. And I have that iconic picture of him on, yeah. just looking so happy. Yeah. And I remember that was the sweatiest we had ever been still yeah. to this day. Probably. Well, yeah. maybe a Warped Tour day. I don't know. No, it was but, worse than Warped okay, Tour. Right, I remember right, that. Okay. okay right. But um, but yeah, I've been working Some for them. Yeah. And I've like gone into like DJ with like the biggest names in the world. And like, I see how Morgan and TJ conduct their night. And yeah. I like, I'm always taking notes, like I said. So things like I did a 90s night at a bar in West Hollywood, Rock and Riley's. And it was just so natural putting it together. Yeah. Like knowing who to give drink tickets to. Like yeah. shout out to Sublime for coming out. That was yeah. sick as yeah. hell. Dude, I'm DJing and Megan Holiday from K Rock. Shout out to Megan. She's so awesome. She came by to DJ too. Yeah. And she brings Sublime. And like we're up there. I'm like playing some music while they're up there. And I'm like, that's sublime. Yep. Like <laughs> that's like sublime. Santeria, like the like fucking, they play yeah. Jones Beach every summer, yeah. completely sold out. And yeah. they are sitting here as I push play on songs from the 90s. Like, mm -hmm. this is wild. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> did you play a sublime song? No, nah, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't I didn't probably, pull that. Probably the better move. But like just it does at this point, a lot of stuff does come second nature. Like yeah. when I did book 60 bands, I will say probably. 45 to 50 of them were literally just personal texts like hey brian dales it would be sick if you did some somerset songs yeah well, the somerset hasn't been abandoned this song i still love the somerset then they get back together <laughs> nothing to do with me but, <laughs> but oh, um man. yeah that was the first time he did somerset songs publicly in, wow. like, since the time they broke up till then and then, like kevin from stereo skyline a good friend of mine first time he played stereo skyline songs publicly mm. since the band broke up mm. and it was just like seeing that was so cool to see that my friends who have moved on to bigger and better things than what I met them at and what I fanned over and still fan over were able to go back to those basics. Like that was a very big eye-opening moment realizing I'm not too good for anything too. So it was like moments like that. But I went back to my mom's house uh, from November to March. Yeah, I you were think. gone for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And around January, I remember thinking, wow, my friends here, they're not stressing about the same things I have. Mm -hmm. They're not worried. They're working their jobs every day. Mm -hmm. A lot of my friends are getting married. Like mm. some of them starting families. I'm seeing people buying houses every day. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's something to this. And mm -hmm. like, there was a brief second. I thought really? about hanging it up and going back to school. Really? Yeah. Like not Whoa. many people know that. Like I told Tom a little bit after the fact, but I was like, I was ready to just call it a quits and just like, like have normal Long Island suburban life. What tipped you back? Uh, what tipped me back was probably coming back to LA. Mm -hmm. Honestly, that was probably the biggest step. Yeah. And when I was able to start working at physically at Adobe again. Yeah. Yeah. So I, just like being with your people and like feeling the spark of exactly like, yeah. and like seeing the impact of everything and like hanging out with people and seeing people again and like realizing how important that human connection of like literally giving someone a hug for the first time after not seeing them for four months like how powerful that hug felt and i was like holy shit this is a first time like i said everything's an accident it was the first time i was like holy shit i have a purpose in this industry right now so it was like literally went from negative five to like hey man you gotta turn the ego down a little bit <laughs> wow okay so you can ego check yourself you'll yeah. have moments where you're like all right okay I'm yeah sorry. like like DJing the first few things I DJed, I'm only one doing events 
when that happens yeah like djing of it i'm like oh i'm the coolest and i'm like no i'm not the coolest i'm just a dude pressing play yeah so like yeah. i mean like the egos never got in the way in a bad way yeah but you as you far can as say, i like, know you'll have moments and you'll be like oh wait up check it check yourself fish exactly young you wouldn't like this don't do that i always look back to young me mm. if young me wouldn't have approved of something i probably won't do it like minus wearing skinny jeans yeah, <laughs> yeah. Young me would have never worn skinny jeans yeah we or all, done my hair like this. we all had that phase though yeah. you really unlocked my brain with those hot topic skinny jeans right man. they were yeah. so tight and so good and they were so elastic really good because there weren't many <laughs> options nope. in the beginning of that phase we had to buy girl jeans and yeah to find a, a jean tailored the way that hot topic did for such an affordable price like exactly they really unlocked something in the scene they did yeah, they, yeah. they had a really good thing going like yeah. them glamour kills like all those brands back in the day <sighs> shout out yeah shout out to marky wow crazy but okay, that's that's uh, that's cool to hear that. That's yeah. cool to hear that you always go back to that young you and and I like if there's ever a decision in my life I have to make, my mom's the first and last person I call. Oh, yes, she's not a momager. She's not getting fifteen percent of nothing. Yeah, because there's nothing to really get right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, actually, I owe her some money. So if anyone wants to hire me to do something, <laughs> but that's fine. Um, I mean, I guess I can attest to that. Like, I've definitely been at your house several times where it'll be like FaceTime and I'll be like, "Say hi to my mom." Yeah, exactly. So like, she she's like kind of like like my best friend, like my mentor in a way. Not not too much of a mentor because some of her beliefs are like kind of out there <laughs> he'll check her on that yeah. like i don't know i'll, I'll check you on that <laughs> but you are my best friend and i appreciate you being there but like most of the time she is right and yeah. i do sometimes i or still need to fail on my own to see it and be like you were right yeah and like i like telling her she was right more so than not failing yeah yeah but like she's like the be all end all like of decisions like i won't make anything on the fly like yeah. if there's ever a big life decision i literally like really sit with it and mm -hmm. try to think of things to say and how to approach it the right way it's just it's I, I love uh you are you are truly a a mystery in the best way to me because the world may never know how how self-aware you are and how genuine that <laughs> core is because it comes off as just guy that's happy to be there. Yeah, and but, I always am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so okay, here's a fucking wild question for you. You genuinely are happy to be here. Yep. But like for me. I think part of starting this podcast and and uh, always wanting to talk to people is I get bored. Like like I have mm -hmm. like this creative of like oh cool like tour managing that was sick, and then it was like oh managing yeah that was fun that was fun. And I feel like now I'm probably like more in my pocket than I ever have been of like yeah yeah, yeah like this is it. But like, do you do you know like like how do I ask this question? I think I know the question you're gonna ask. What do you think it is? I don't know how you're going to word it, but I know what my answer is already. <laughs> okay, okay, try that. Try that. I, I am out of pocket as fuck. I never know what I want to do. One day, after a few conversations with my homie Brian, he's like, dude, you should get into a and i I'm like, I'm not going to become a suit, dude. Like, yeah. I respect my suit friends for yeah. how awesome they are and what they do. I, they respect me for what I do. I don't want to mix the two. Uh -huh. Then I really fucked with this one artist, Callaway Martin. Shout out to him. And I was like, yeah. I'm starting a label. Oh my God. So- just out of nowhere. I was like, okay. this is going to happen. Okay. I didn't ask my mom if I could do that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I just did it. Yeah. So it's very out of pocket and there are things I want to do and there are times where I am very tired, mm -hmm. but I still have the creative itch to do it. And mm -hmm. sometimes I'll just throw homies random texts like, hey man, this would be really cool if you did it. And they're like, 
You're right. That would be cool. And I get to see someone else do it for yeah. like no gain, really, mm -hmm. except for knowing my idea happened, which is so cool. God damn. How are you so pure? How? <laughs> and that did answer the question. I think I think what I was trying to say was like, do you think you'll ever like get bored or not be in love with what you're doing? And then like, what are you going to do from there? Yeah. But I think you kind of said it as just like you'll have ideas and you'll mm -hmm. have like different things, but you, you don't put a ton of significance on it. You'll just kind of yeah. throw it out there in the universe and maybe something happens. Yeah. And like, if my close homies don't really fuck with what I, the idea I have, I'll bring it to more people. It's yeah. get that general thing. There has been stuff that my friends have hated that I've done and I've still done it. And like, maybe I probably should have done it. I probably should have listened to them, but there were some people who liked it, which was really cool. Like there have been bar nights I've thrown, which have, absolutely tanked mm. but like the five to ten people that came had a great time yeah and I'm like you know what it paid off for the five to ten people who came and didn't pay off for the five to ten people who were staff for tonight but yeah. uh at least they had fun so it's like stuff like that where it's like wow you are the wind beneath my wings i <laughs> i like in talking to you i'm like i'm a jaded asshole i need to just reset and go back to the purest of pure values but it's so fucking wonderful to see how much success you have had by following your genuine simple values that you've had for so long like yeah and that that what i just said there is the what i wanted to talk about for the whole podcast and i think we did i think we i think we nailed it and like some other things i would want to say before please, we end it's please. like you're probably like one of three people who could that i would know going into the interview you probably know more about me than i do because <laughs> you lived with me for so long that. like well you've seen the behind the scenes of i fish. guess that's yeah. true i guess that's true we've definitely i've seen you where there's literally not even a chance of like there being a social facade or like the fish show it's just yeah. like i'm hungover yeah i'm fucking miserable yeah, i do like, not want to be driving to work right now just cram i'll see you later yeah <laughs> us on the couch at the fucking not the lowest of the lows, but just the realest of the real. Of yeah, like, there's exactly. no filter. Like, like you, you saw the behind the scenes of me as a person, which like a lot but of people still such a good guy. Thank you. Yeah. So like you, you've seen it all, mm -hmm, <laughs> which mm -hmm. is cool. Yeah, yeah. And like, if something really cool happens, like we don't see each other as much as like we used to. Cause like yeah. we're both doing our own thing. You're killing it. You were just doing the gumball rally basically. <laughs> Like, I, I remember that. talking to you about that and being like, it looked like you were doing the Viva La Bam gumball oh rally God. in Europe. And you're like, I was. And I was like, really? You're like, no, it was just something that looked like it. I love like my car, my, my music friends supporting my car life. But like, of course, they're not going to know like the intricacies. So like the things like that, I'm like, yeah, it's the, yeah, that's right. That's actually cooler <laughs> than what it is. So just say that. That's great. So that that's always cool that like we get to connect. Like if something really dope happens, I always make sure I hit you up. You're like, what true. are the first people to know about like most like really cool things? Yeah. Not cool things. Really, <laughs> really cool. There has cool. to be like yeah. there's like, okay, mom call. Yep. Friend call. Yep. Nikki C call, who's yep. like my brother. Oh my god. My sister. Yeah. My other sister who cares even less about what I yeah, do to yeah, my yeah, face, yeah, but yeah, apparently yeah. really loves what I do. Amanda, mom sold you out one time then cram well, well <laughs> i'm in the stack of calls to be like life no event. no it's like the top one it's like it has to be really cool before you get that call wow <laughs> but i get a life event call yeah you do wow fuck i mean i've gotten some of those calls and i've been fucking stoked i mean it's it's really like it's genuinely rad and i, I love to sit down in this time right now and do this podcast with you because like 
the fish that's sitting here now versus the fish that I met on that warp tour bus like my god dude like you really have accomplished so much thank you and it's just wildly cool to see you know this is going to be crazy to say if you were to ask me at 2014 yeah everything i've wanted to do yeah. by 2025 i've done it all already i don't know if i set the bar low but now it's like with RKRS, like like I've mentioned this like 50 times during this interview, just having that solid support system, like friends who mentor me. Yeah. I was like, if I could do that for a band or an artist, that yeah. would mean more than me to yeah. me than anything in the world. Like shout out to Callaway for like trusting me and my homie Brian putting out his music under RKRS. And also shout out to Kid Baron who were putting out their music too. We just put out their um, debut single. Yeah. And it's like them being able to trust me and me being able to do for them what everyone else did for me is yep. the dopest payoff. Yeah. And it's so cool to see. Like, I want to define myself as a manager, really wouldn't even define myself as like a label owner. I'm just like the dude who wants to see the friends win. I mean, it feels like uh, so reminiscent in the best way of the beginning of your radio show. Yeah. Where it wasn't like, oh, if I do this, I can leverage this and business mogul this and this amount of profit after this. Like, it's purely just like, damn, I've got a lot of friends doing cool stuff. I hope I can help them do more. And I would be so stoked if I could be a part of that. Like, that's what it feels like. Yeah. If I can mentor like any artist or any homie, like that's a huge payoff being able to take everything I learned. Mm. It's like, you go to school for like eight to 10 years or whatever that bullshit is, you could become a lawyer or some shit. Mm. If you literally start from the bottom and work your way up, like, dude, like I had every job at Adobe except for like marketing and video department. Like I did social media for years. Yeah. Doing production now, being the assistant program director, like yeah, show host, intern, Tom's assistant, Eddie's assistant, this, that, the other thing. And it's like, I took knowledge from all of it. And it's like, if I could have someone not make the same mistakes I made mm-hmm. and see them succeed quicker than the outside world sees me succeeding, yeah, that's success. We're still going to go with the chicken for the promo clip. <laughs> this could but be promo clip strong, number two. Yeah, that's number two. That's the a follow-up post. Chicken is for sure the first one because I really liked it. They're both the same though. They are. What a fucking excellent way to fucking say that. Yeah. Wow. It's just all about good music, good food, good people. Like people are always like, how do you know so much about music and food? I'm like, so only two things I really, really care about people taking my recommendations seriously with. Man, when I grow up, I want to be more like you. <laughs> this is really great yeah and then like it's really cool like the dj stuff too like yeah didn't really talk about this and i was no please please please. i was gonna say did i miss anything or is there anything else that we should say it around i really appreciated that we didn't talk about it like i'm very appreciative of all the dj gigs i'm getting and getting a lot more into hosting like i'll be hosting the sad summer after party djing that as well like get to host emo night every month and hosting more and more shows throughout la hosting chad tepper show yep that your homies are on. Yeah, with a version three artist yeah. on it, which is a cool little full circle. We moment. better get you out to that show. I will be there. Yep. yep. It's uh, July 16th at the Roxy. Let's go. I think. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I think it is the 16th. I believe so. But um, either way, 
Instagram.com backslash Chad Tepper for official details and how to buy tickets with fish hosting. Oh my God. <laughs> but, what a save. What a freaking save. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> so, like getting the host Adobe stage at, um, at So What Fest. Yeah. Like doing that, you were at So What Fest when I had to pay for my own flight in my own hotel room. Yeah. And fuck. literally had to get there. And I'm so glad I did because that's where I met my amazing girlfriend. Wow. Now girlfriend. But I also reintroduced myself for two years straight to her, apparently, after that moment. But regardless. I love you. So, like, getting to do that stuff. Um, and, like, DJing now. Like, you were there with, like, God's wouldn't even let me DJ. Mm, mm. <laughs> and so now everyone, like, the what I was telling you before, no one knew that, I, or not a lot of people who met me at bar stuff, like, mm. nightlife stuff, knew I did a radio show. And it just, it low-key, that was, like, the most bothering thing to me really yeah because i'm not a good dj <laughs> like i am literally a bar dj i know how to put on low pass filter and use title to get <laughs> more music that you want to hear like yeah not beat matching not like yeah remixing anything you have like a pioneer uh deck yeah it looks a lot cooler than it is yeah okay all i don't right, know right. it's really fucking awesome actually i just don't know how to use half of it. okay fair i've invested my life into my show and mm. i don't be like if I told you a number, you wouldn't probably believe how much money I think I've probably spent on investing in myself and my craft, like mm. doing the radio show, flights, gas money, equipment, this, that, the other thing. Like I've invested everything, like one of the coolest fucking things in the world. I was doing my show and I get a text from a friend and she's just like, what the fuck? Oh my God. And she sends me a picture of the Gone Fishkin billboard in LA. Mm. And I'm like, uh tom what's this mm. and he's like oh yeah we had a billboard campaign go up all across la i had oh two God. gone fishkin billboards yeah that and was so cool dude i never thought my face would be on anything except for a wanted or a missing poster <laughs> you had <laughs> like, that ready to go no like for real like that was kind of out of pocket but like i see my face on a billboard in los angeles 2500 miles away from where i grew up yeah and people are hitting me up congratulations on getting a radio show i'm like <laughs> what the fuck do you think i've been doing like 10 years like do you think i'm like selling feet pick or some shit <laughs> yeah like, yeah like just because they're size 13 doesn't mean i'm gonna get more money yeah like they're hairy and gross <laughs> oh my god like what dude like no disrespect man. to people who sell feet pick. i just not. wish i was able to yep that wasn't that wasn't it how wasn't you a dig. Kept things going yeah. up until the moment of that i got a radio show yeah. yeah so like i'll still talk to people today and they don't know i have this show and i'm like it's so weird to me what people find cool in uh, a way. like they think that like i'm like it's really cool that they thought think i made a living off that like djing and stuff yep. but it's like no like my love and my like life's work is gone fishkin on adobe radio yeah everything i get to do for adobe radio and like I love being able to DJ on the side. And I was talking to Megan about this. Yeah. And she's like, what's the coolest part about this? And I'm like, I could see people's reactions to the song I play Aww. because I know the numbers of my show. I see yeah. them do it, but I could hit play on the best fucking song in the world. Do you know how many people I hear singing along with theoretically saying, we'll, we'll just start with a big number out. Like, yeah, maybe realistic, maybe not realistic. I'm not gonna sell myself out, but like 250,000. Sure. See Big that. old number. Yeah. yeah. So if I play the best song in the world, if I yeah. play Man, I Feel Like a Woman 
<laughs> on Adobe Radio, <laughs> 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursdays, so 250,000 people, which is not the real number of people listening. Uh, do you know how many people I hear singing that back to me? No one. Zero. Yeah. I play that in a bar of 120 people. It sounds like 300 are yelling that song. Yeah. So it's like, it's that payoff where it's, I use what I'm, my day job. Uh huh to have fun that's all it is it's not a yeah maybe it is a career i don't know everything's an accident at this point yeah but it's it was so refreshing to be able to talk about like adobe and uh gone fish kid the whole time oh wow that's funny because yeah. i didn't think about it because i guess like naturally like that's what i know you as yeah. and like i know that like the djing thing is just like oh yeah cool side hobby like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah another cool. thing i fell into accidentally like yeah. one of our mutual friends hit us up and was yeah. like hey can you DJ my birthday? I promised them that um, I could get a cool DJ. Yeah. And I'm like, well, uh-huh. why'd you hit me up? Then? Yeah, you're like, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, go on. Yeah, go on. And then like another homie like DJed with me and the GM of the bar came up to me. He's like, hey man, I really like your style of music. I'm like literally on Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, track to track, three second fades in between everything. Yeah. And he's like, I really like how you curated the night. And that's like when I started DJing in LA, like from that moment on, September of 2016. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And it's like, it's just for fun. It's like, it's just for fun. Shouldn't be taken seriously. It, I am not athletic at all. It is my adult softball league. Holy (laughs) shit. That is my adult softball league. I love it. But like, I I just wish people knew that. It was a hobby. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, I hope that every listener on this podcast hears this and fucking tunes on in to hear the show and to hear that thing that you've worked so hard on. Dude, yeah, it's I'm very fortunate how many people like they don't hit me up when I'm doing my show for the most yeah. part. Isn't that kind of weird? It's kind of thankless, isn't it? Yeah. Like you 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 put this thing out into the air that you really care about mm-hmm. and you don't really hear that much back yeah from it and then it takes months or a certain amount of time a delay Mm -hmm. to then be like oh you listened to that or like oh oh you knew that i did that or like oh you connected the pieces because of that like until it's strangely thankless sometimes with like podcasting radio shows and everything i find that it's very weird that people don't text you unless you're in person Mm. and see them and then they talk about yeah it the only person the only people who text me during my show are my girlfriend and my mom. Wow. And most of the time my girlfriend's talking about something, but there's a delay and I'm like, I don't know what I'm talking about on oh, my show. What oh, are you talking about yeah. right now? She's like, you literally just said this. Like, no. And I'm like, I don't know. I just go into character and kind of just black out and just yeah. do the show. And sometimes it feels like four hours, five hours. Yeah. Other times it feels like 30 minutes on air. It's kind of crazy how that all works. It's so weird. But either way, I, like I start every episode now with, What's up, everybody? You're listening to Gone Fishkin live here on Adobe Radio with your host, Fish. Twitter.com backslash Gone Fishkin. Instagram.com backslash Mike Fishkin. Instagram.com backslash Pug Name Biggie. You can find me somewhere on fucking TikTok. I don't know. Just look up Fish. You'll find me. So excited for tonight's show for a multitude of different reasons. But firstly, because I get to do my show live with friends again, and I'll never take that for granted because I couldn't do my show live with a friend for two years. (laughs) I love that you have that on deck. Yeah. Although I, I probably have, uh, I always have, what's up? Welcome back. It's always welcome back to where are all my friends? Yeah. That's always that. It's You have your signature sign on and sign off. Like yeah. It took me a yeah. while. Like I have a few different ones. Like I host Fresh at Five on the station, which is where we really highlight all the new music we added mm-hmm. um, the previous week. Mm-hmm. And I'll start it out. 
Yo, what's up, everybody? You're listening to Fresh at Five here on Adobe Radio with your host, Fish. I'll be playing you music you may know, may not know, but at the end of this hour, you will love, enjoy, and ask for more. Wow. And it's like, what's your outro? Um, usually plug the show that's coming on right after me. Nice, so like, nice. It fluctuates five different times. I've, this is going to be really meta, but I think it'll be super fun. So I recently cut my intro on the show. Really? And it'll just, because like in the beginning, I was like, where are all my friends, Fish? So like, we just go straight in. Okay. And also because, well, maybe that'll change soon, but not selling sponsorship or anything like that. So like, I don't sell have out, to like, sell out. you know, you just wait. <laughs> you just wait. Andrew's going to push that the greatest Patreon, tease on you. That Patreon don't hit hard enough to keep the shit going. But um, I, so I kind of right now, no intro, just go straight into it. But for the outro, I've been recording and I'll like go back up to my room and I'll mm-hmm. kind of do like, so there it is this episode. But since we're talking about it, I'm just going to see if I can do it right. You have to watch do me do I it. I want to watch you do this right now. So that's it. So like, this is like, you're not here. Like, okay. actually, I'm going to address this camera and I'm just going to like, this is the, this is what it'll be. Okay, perfect. All right. All right I'm waiting. Hit I'm me. putting on a different character for this. All right. <clears throat> so there it is. The Mike Fishkin episode. I really hope you like that one. I mean, I've known him for eight years now and it was really crazy to hear that side of his story i'm constantly inspired by him but this one was another level because i got to understand all these little things and he's so pure and he's doing it for the right reasons and that encourages me so if you liked this one i hope you share it with anyone else that might like it if you know him i hope you listen to the end and you share it with all of our other friends that'll like this Follow him on everything that he said. I'll link it all at the bottom. If you want to do the podcast, a huge favor, share it anywhere, anywhere on social media. It helps. There is a Patreon or I'll just start doing ads, whatever. Let me know who you want to hear from. I'll be back next week with another episode. Impressive. That's not too bad, right? You've turned into a radio boy. Yeah. Then sometimes like I'll get stuck. Like I'll either do it too much and I have to cut it or I can kind of like hit it. This was worth the three year wait from the first one we did. Dude. dude. (laughs) And I appreciate you. I think I needed a friend for the listener. There's a deep cut uh, label shelved it episode where I had started where all my friends and uh, it was it was too early in the show and I, I didn't have my voice. I didn't yeah. know what I was trying to ask. I didn't have a, a reason to talk to people. I don't think you had a camera either. No, if I remember correct. No, I didn't. Yeah. And uh, you as a friend, of course, you said yes. And I look back at that episode and I, I think that was a huge lesson for me because I learned that as a host, you have a responsibility mm-hmm. because your guest, if they have the goodwill for you and they're down, like they'll talk about anything, Yeah, but they'll talk about anything. <laughs> so if you don't guide a conversation or say what you're looking to talk about, they'll talk about anything. Oh yeah. There were and, so many things wrong with that episode. Like something I did just now cutting you off mm-hmm. where no. it was home field advantage. We did it at Adobe. Uh, I'm in the Adobe studio. In my mind, I'm like, I'm doing a show on Adobe right now. Uh, I got to fill any dead air. Oh, weird. Yeah. It's weird. Like, because you were in your yep. studio and your little home field, you went into Gone Fishkin. Yeah. At times, I would, like, snap between oh, guests on where all my friends and also back to Gone Fishkin Fish. And That's also, crazy. I, I love that we both have this in common. We took the names of our show from something we did in the past. Oh. Uh, uh, what was Gone Fishkin? Gone Fishkin was my fantasy baseball league. So I was in with Guns, Johnny Minardi, and like 15 other industry people that I've come to meet throughout my career. It's crazy. We're going to ramble forever. Yeah. Uh, this is the end. This is the end. <laughs>
<laughs> I love you. Thank you for having me. I love you. I love you, fish.